we didn't have an answer. We didn't have a solid answer as to how he died. We're going to tell the story and take you along with things as they unfolded. It changed my entire perspective on life, my entire um, idea of what my life was going to look like. So the five stages of grief are all about somebody coming to terms with their own death, their own mortality, not for somebody who is losing somebody. That period that everybody goes through where they kind of realize like, oh, my parents are just people and they're imperfect and they do, you know, and they're just as messed up as the rest of us, um, if not far more so. Want to share our experiences and our perspectives because I think that there's a lot that we've been through that other people can relate to. Hey, how's it going? Eh, you know, it's going. Hello. Hi. And uh, welcome to the It's Going podcast. Welcome. Uh, my name's Isaac. And I'm Susie. Uh, this is my mother. <laughs> <laughs> this um, is my child. And... So, so, mom, what, what, what is the concept behind the It's Going podcast? What, what are, what are we, what are we doing here? Yeah, so we uh, dealt with some pretty crazy things in the last five years, and uh, kind of this concept of people asking you like, "How's it going?" and then your general response is, "It's going," because you know that people don't really want to know all the details or super in-depth also you might not be in the mood to talk about it so it's sort of like this courteous way of addressing you know how it's going right you you know people ask you how it's going and just kind of say oh it's it's going because you don't really want to burden them with all the uh, the the things that are going on in your life especially if especially if things aren't going so well you know we um so the biggest part of this is, is about five years ago um, in 2018, March 8th of 2018, um, my dad, Eric, your husband, Eric, uh, died very suddenly um, mm-hmm. in an accidental uh, death. And it has pretty much changed our entire lives, our entire outlook on life. Um, our relationship, our relationship, it, um, it's very much a relationship with other people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's changed the entire way that, you know, um, in terms of me growing up, I was 17 when it happened. Mm -hmm. Um, I was just on the verge of adulthood. I was just graduating high school. And for me, it, it changed my entire perspective on life, my entire, um, idea of what my life was going to look like. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about grief and trauma and how those things affect you, how they affect all your relationships. It changed, uh, my entire life too, which understandably, uh, Eric and I were married 19 years together for 20. You know, obviously we had Isaac, uh, he was coming up on being 18. We're in this process of thinking about what's next after Isaac, you know, leaves the nest, I guess. And, uh, that changed. Um, having to deal with Isaac becoming an adult in that transition and just the grief part of it uh, is pretty intense. So yeah, there's just been a lot that we've gone through. Isaac and I are both verbal processors, which you guys will get to know that (laughs) over the course of this podcast. And uh, 
I think it was what three years ago that we started talking about this idea of you know the fact that we talk about all of these things all the time, and it really helps us. And we have unique perspectives, and we're willing to go there, you know, like to the taboo subjects and things that people don't generally talk about with each other and just with people in general. And I think that we have a lot to offer and want to share our experiences and our perspectives because I think that there's a lot that we've been through that other people can relate to. So it, it was partially for us to heal, partially uh, to help others and to build a community. Well, and, you know, part of it too is when we talk about these things, right? Um, so a little bit about us and our background. Mm-hmm. We're both nurses. Um, both have become nurses since uh, since my dad died. Well, I technically was a nurse before he died, but and I was You're in an L- school. LPN, you're in RN school. Yeah. Um, we both worked in emergency medicine for quite a few years. I'm still uh, working in the emergency room at the moment. I am too. Um, yep. And, and because of my dad's death and all that came with it, at least for me, it, it kind of gave me a, um, a different perspective on mental health and, and made me very passionate about learning about psychology and learning about mental health and how to help not only other people like my friends and that sort of thing, but, but also how to help myself. Mm-hmm. Um, because an event like that obviously comes with a lot of terrible feelings and uh, depression and anxiety. And I was, you know, I've had panic attacks and like for the first, you know, almost the first time in my life I had one when I was, when I was really little, but, um, you know, as, a, as basically an adult, I didn't really know what that felt like. And then all of a sudden, you know, this big event happens and I was, I had a lot of kind of mental health things mm-hmm. that I was dealing with. I know you had a lot that came with grief. Um, I've had a lot since before that. I mean, I right. grew up in a, I would say that most people probably have some sort of trauma growing up and I had, uh, I guess what we would now consider complex PTSD, obviously PTSD from Eric dying. And um, so I've always been very interested in mental health. It's been something that I've dealt with for a really long time. Uh, And so grief just sort of amplifies it for Mm -hmm. sure. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of stigmas that come with grief and with trauma and with um, death. Uh, and then there's also a lot of, um, misunderstandings about how those feelings work and how people deal with them. And so even if you've never, you know, so part of the goal with this, um, in, in relaying our experience and talking about our story is helping other people who maybe are going through something similar to, to kind of understand, um, you know, what, what, what to expect and and that it's okay to not be okay. Um, but it's also, Right. But it's also to help um, to, to help those who, who have never been through something like this. You know, maybe you have a friend or a family member who's mm-hmm. dealing with something, you know, like a death or is going through a really hard time. Sometimes it's really difficult to know what to say or what kinds of things help. And and the things that you sometimes think are the right things to say are not helpful. <laughs> right. Right. Well, and, and also. Um, you know both of us have experienced losing friends through this whole endeavor you know yes, like like my dad died and and um 
I think for a lot of my friends, they didn't know how to deal with me. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't know how to, uh, how to interact with me anymore because they felt like they were maybe walking in eggshells or didn't want to get into the seriousness of what happened or they just didn't know how to reality check. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people just don't always know how to interact with you. And that can be, that can add a whole nother layer of grief onto things because Mm -hmm. you're, you're not only losing your loved one in death or whatever, but you're also your relationships with other people start to change. Um, and even, you know, some of the other things we're, we're going to talk about, too, is how our relationship changed, because mm-hmm. I was already on the verge of becoming an adult. I was already on the verge of, you know, graduating high school, mm-hmm. and I was in EMT school at the time, and I was, you know, becoming a lot more independent, doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. And so you guys were preparing for kind of an empty nest. I'm an only child, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you guys were kind of preparing for an empty nest. I was preparing to try to become my own person. And then all of a sudden this, this catastrophic life event happened mm-hmm. out of pretty much nowhere yeah. and it rocked changed our everything. world. And, you know, you and I have always had an interesting relationship because we're very similar. Mm-hmm. And so, so we <laughs> kind of butt heads a bit. Um, but, but we're also very extremely close. We're very close. And part of that, you know, both her and my dad, um, did a very good job of raising me to, to, um, be a very good communicator and be open and honest about how I'm feeling. It was always a safe place to mm-hmm. come to you guys and talk about pretty much anything. And even now, you know, level. weird stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're both, we're both emergency room nurses. We talk, we about, talk about everything. About, yeah. Um, well, and also I think that like, we focused on like emotional intelligence, you know, like it was a lot more about how to navigate the world versus academics and how book smart you were. Right. Right. Which was good when all of this went down. Right. And so, you know, even though we have that relationship and we've been very close and we're good communicators with each other, still that, friction. <laughs> especially going through an event like we did. Yeah. There's still a lot of, uh, even now, sometimes there, we're still just navigating. Like right. it's, I just moved across the country and we're navigating, uh, not seeing each other regularly. Um, and you know, just continuing to deal with and evolve as things go. So, and, and so part, part of this podcast too, is kind of diving into, you know, healthy communication habits mm-hmm. and how, um, even if you're experiencing friction with somebody you care about, you still can, um, you know, we're, we're going to talk about very heavy things Yeah. and there's going to be a lot of emotion involved, I'm sure. But, um, we have a good sense of humor though. Right. Right. But <laughs> part of that is helping people to learn how to communicate effectively, even when it's uncomfortable Yeah. because, and also learning how to not be defensive when somebody's trying to yeah. communicate with you. Well, because- and we had to learn this too, because the one thing is because we are so similar, we have verbal processors, we're very um, intense in the way that we feel about things. I mean, just our normal communication sometimes can be so <laughs> intense that people actually think we're fighting and we're not. Um, so it can make other people uncomfortable. And that was a difficult thing for us to navigate because Eric, your dad was the buffer. He mm-hmm. has a different communication style, a totally different perspective. And he was able to sort of, um, I don't know, nav like buffer between us two when we were struggling for whatever reason, because we're so similar and to lose that. And then also realize that 
we also are each other's only support systems, like really, because we're both experiencing the same thing, even though it's different. Right. You know, on, on that point too, right? Like he, he acted as a buffer, but um, in a way of, he was very good at breaking down what both of us were thinking and mm-hmm. feeling and explaining it to each other. It just and like, it, like, like separ- separating us a little bit to where instead of butting heads, he would always help us see the other person's perspective a little yeah. bit better. And so like navigating that without him, has some has been challenging. Um, I think we've done a good job. Yeah, it's overall, been good for us though, because right. it requires us to up our communication game. <laughs> right, right. Now on the on the same level of that too, we both lost the same person, mm-hmm. but our journeys through grief and through that trauma of losing that person different. are completely different. You guys were married for twenty years almost, yeah, and. Uh, and losing a spouse is very different than losing a parent. But also, losing a parent when you're 17 is very different than losing a parent when they're in their 80s, 90s. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. When, when somebody gets old, it's kind of, you're already an adult. You're kind of prepared for that kind of loss, even though it still is tremendously terrible. Well, like, you're grieving a lot of the things that you, I mean, now uh, this last year has been really difficult for you because it's, you're seeing these things that you miss out on and not having your dad in your adult life, you know? Right. Like, um, you know, on that line of thinking, I've been, especially lately, like you and I have grown Mm -hmm. into more of a friendship than Mm -hmm. a parent child relationship. As it should be. Right. Um, but and learning about you as an adult, as an adult human being, instead of just my mother, is, is eye opening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're just a person, right? You know, when you get older, there's kind of that um, that idea that that period that everybody goes through where they kind of realize, like, oh, my parents are just people, yeah. and they're imperfect, and they do, you know, and they're just as messed up as the rest of us, <laughs> um, if not far more so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know. I've gotten to know you as, as, uh, more than just my parents, as, as, as a, yeah, as yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, recently I've started to realize that I never really got that chance yeah. with my dad. And unfortunately I'm, you never will. And it's, and I can't fill that in for you, which is yeah, hard. Yeah. Um, cause you know, even you telling me some of the stuff about dad that I never knew as like an adult, um, has changed my perception of him. Like mm-hmm. me and my, me and my dad were extremely close well all and three I, of us were extremely close right. we were like a unit like peas in a pod right and but like like my relation obviously my relationship with my dad was much different than yeah, you because absolutely. it's a father-son relationship yeah, absolutely but um we were uh we did a lot of things together he taught me how to be a man. He taught me how to do, you know, take care of myself, how to take care of other yeah. people, how to take care of a household. And he how t- amazing that you still got that, but you did miss out on a lot as well. Right. Right. There's a lot of times even now where, you know, I wish that I could call my dad and be like, hey, I need help with this no or like, help me figure this out. Or what do I do? You know, even even advice about things like girls or other things mm-hmm. like I get a lot of your perspective, but it's different from a guy's perspective as to how to deal with yeah. that stuff. And I don't, you know, now you're remarried. Mm-hmm. That's so a that's a thing. whole another thing we get to talk about, <laughs> right? And um, and as much as I, you know, his name is Jim. Mm-hmm. As much as I love Jim, you know, we're we're close, but it's not the same. It's he, you know, people call him my stepdad a lot because technically, like, that's the role, but. He's not no. any father figure whatsoever to, to me because no. I, w- I was 
I was You're friends. 21 when you guys got married or yeah. almost 21 You're when you friends. guys married. You're yeah. friends. It, Which it, is how it should be. Right. You know, like we want to be able to hang out together and all have a good time, but like, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, but like people that I run into, they're like, oh, your stepdad. And I'm like, well, no, yeah. <laughs> it's not the case. Um, he's, he's my mom's husband, yeah. not my stepdad. But even um, for you, right, like you lost a spouse and you guys were planning on your whole lives with um, without me in the house anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, I'm not married. I don't know what that's like, but yeah. like when you're. You had me at a very young age. Yep. So, so just for reference, right now I'm 22. I'm and about I, to turn 23. And I'm 42. I'll be 43 later this year. Yeah. And, um, so I was like almost 20 when you were born. Yeah. Yeah. So and you guys Eric had me. Eric and I had been married uh, about a year and a half when you were born. I think. Yeah. So you guys didn't. You know, th- you didn't get a lot of time mm-hmm. to spend as a married couple nope. before I was born. And then. And then you guys were finally at this point where, like, you were planning, like, oh, you mm-hmm. know, we're going to get to spend time together as yeah. a married couple Trying to figure without out having to deal with, yeah. well, not without having to deal with, but without having to worry about taking care of our child and yeah. making sure that he's okay. Or we just really could focus on each other. Um, right. And not. And your relationship mm-hmm. with each other. Um, you and know, that and- was all taken away. So you grieve not only the loss of somebody, but you grieve the loss of your future plans of your future hopes and dreams. There's so many forms of that grief that come through and also people's perspective about how grief works. Mm -hmm. Like the, the five, you know, there's the five steps of grief, but it's not, well, it's it's, not actually for people who are grieving the loss of somebody. If you look it up, the person who wrote about it and originally sort of coined the five stages of grief, it was geared towards people who had been diagnosed with a terminal illness. So the five stages of grief are all about somebody coming to terms with their own death, their own mortality, not for somebody who is losing somebody. So or has lost or has lost somebody. And so I think that just dealing with other people's perception of that and being like, oh, well, it's been this long or you should be at this point and um things should be fine or you're moving on or moving forward or whatever. And it's just not how that works. It's not linear. It doesn't follow stages. It doesn't go away. <laughs> it's yeah. there in its intensity at all times, but the, in, the amount it shifts, like how often and, but it's always intense and it always sucks when it comes up. When you lose somebody there, there's a bit of a void mm-hmm. that opens up inside yourself and it causes a lot of um, – it jumbles up your emotions so much because, you know, you have those moments where you're you're happy and then you almost – and then, it, you know, you think about it and you start to feel guilty. Like, why am I happy? I shouldn't be happy right now. And then, you know, throughout the years, you go up and down through those stages of, like, anger. But it's not really stages. It's just your feelings kind of go all over yeah. the place. And also, when you lose somebody – you're not just grieving them as a person. You know, we've kind of touched on this already, but like you start to grieve things that you're missing out on, yeah. which is like the the life that you maybe would have had with that person mm-hmm. or all of the experiences that you don't no longer get to have with them anymore or that you, you were looking forward to and now you don't have that opportunity yeah. anymore. Um, 
but then you also start to grieve your relationships <laughs> with get red. <laughs> so yeah. we both have this uh thing that unfortunately or for i don't know it's a tell it's been uh, passed down through generations on my side of the family it's all uh, your fault <laughs> I, I mean i don't think i'm really getting that bad but a little bit um but we both get blotchy when and it doesn't have to do with anything like being upset or it's just any form of adrenaline if we're excited about something if we're just having an intense conversation if we're talking about something we get these blotchies and uh People are just like, are you having an allergic reaction? Are you okay? So just FYI, like, this is normal. We're fine. <laughs> yeah. And, and so so we're going to talk all about our story. We're going to start from, from day one of, you know, what it was like finding out what happened. Yeah. What happened that day. Um, what it was like, you know, going to... You know, he, he got, you know, uh, yeah, the first episode or the first season is going to be essentially just starting from the morning woke up and that we found out and everything that happened after that. I mean, I think very... we probably have several episodes just explaining the entire journey, all the feelings, all the things that happened. Um, we're going to tell the story and take you along with things as they unfolded. So, right. um, you know, to really explain even the uncertainty that we dealt with, the confusion, the shame, the guilt, I mean, just all sorts of feelings. And going back to the feelings, you know, um, I think like for me, and I guess I don't know if it's the same for you, but there's a lot of duality of emotions. So like, for example, I'm remarried. Obviously when I got married, it was I was incredibly happy. It was a joyous occasion. Um, I had so much fun. But like simultaneously there are also feelings of sadness and missing somebody and wishing that person was there because like he was my best friend. I grew up with him. We created a family together. And so it's starting to get comfortable with like emotions, not being black and white. It's not like you're sad or happy. You're sad and happy at the same time. And like, I think that as people, we don't generally deal with those types of things at the same time. And so part of the grief process is just starting to figure out how to like live with emotions, always being both opposite ends of the the spectrum. Like it's never just happy. It's never just sad. It's both, <laughs> or it's never just you know, this emotion or that emotion, there's usually multiple emotions mixed up in there. And it's, um, it's a hard adjustment. Yeah. And also in terms of like our story, right. Um, with what happened to my dad, how we're going to tell it, we're going to, you know, as, as you said, we're going to take it kind of one step at a time as it unfolded from our perspective. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of mystery behind my dad's death as well. There was, so for reference, I mean, he, he died in a hotel room about an hour and a half away from our house on while he was out for work. And there was a lot of weird things um, that was found, you know, just in general, that made the whole thing and what happened to him very confusing for us for months and months. Mm -hmm. We didn't have an answer. We didn't have a solid answer as to how he died for how, how long? It was probably at least three and a half months. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so because we were waiting on toxicology and autopsy results and like the investigation because he was found alone in a hotel room by himself. So the police have to do an investigation. There. And then you get like varying reports and they don't sync up. And then you get people who have 
their like, own opinions. They want their 15 minutes of fame, I guess. And they tell stories and it, it like, there's weird things like right. that where you're just like, and it's so confusing and you're trying to figure out what's true. And I think even just for me, I recently just ordered or requested the autopsy like and seen photos because even though we pretty much I guess for me I'd pretty much come to a point where I settled around how I felt and what happened and had my answers and I mean and I dug I mean I pulled everything medical records like and like therapy records like everything but there's still some discrepancies and it wasn't that I questioned that the medical examiner like got it wrong or something but it was just a need to, there was a couple small details that it was like, I just need to see it for myself so that I can have like the context of it. You need to put that puzzle together. Because I know this person better than anyone and I know his habits and you know, all this stuff. And it wasn't like mind blowing. It wasn't this huge revelation, but it was just the little pieces that I needed to finally like, okay, I feel resolved around this, but yeah, I mean, and it's been five years. That's a long time, you know, to try to resolve all that. Well, and and, you know, we'll get into, obviously we'll get into all of the details. That's the point. (laughs) Right. Um, but eventually, hopefully this podcast will evolve more, uh, more beyond just us telling our story and what happened to us, you know, um, as you guys get to know us, as you guys get to get to know kind of like I said, as you get to know our story, uh, we'll hopefully have a bit more to build off of and, and more to talk about. Um, eventually, maybe we'll have guests or, or that sort of thing as well to talk about their experiences with, with these sorts of things. I think our hope, too, is that like we just want to build a community. I think that um, there's a lot of times that you feel alone in various things, whether it's traumatic situations, um, death, loss, you know, it, just life can be really challenging sometimes. And, um, I know for me, uh, having a community was such a big deal mm-hmm. for you too. Yeah. yeah um, no, I mean, having, having a support system, um, outside of each other, because, mm-hmm. because obviously we both lost the same person, yeah. but when you both lose somebody, it can be very difficult to support each other. It can. Um, because, because you're, trying, because to you're trying to deal with your own stuff and trying to take care of somebody else adds to that yeah. stress. It adds a lot of layers. Um, but also in terms of, you know, building that kind of community that you're talking about, we also just want to encourage more people to be open and honest about how they're feeling and about the things that they're going through. Because the more that these things are talked about, the less um, isolated you'll feel. The, well, the less we isolated all go through this stuff. Right. But also the less isolated you'll, you'll feel, but also the more um, or less stigmatized talking about these things will be. And it creates the more comfortable people are with talking about these things, the more of a healing environment that creates. Long story short, we have a lot to talk about and we're going to get into it. So uh, I hope that you guys enjoy our banter and our conversations. I hope that you um, can come to know us a little bit better and um, and can have some a better perspective about what people are going through behind the scenes um, and how you can how you can deal with it yourself when you're going through something, but also how you can be there for other people. Yeah. So we're going to get started. So, Mom, how's it going? <laughs> it's going. 
Hey, you know how this works. If you like this episode or just like us in general, you can find us at It's Going Podcast on all the things. Don't forget to check out the links in the description. And thanks for hanging out with us.